I told Ahab, nor rain nor dew shall fall these years, but by my word. But then I was compelled to flee. The Lord instructed me to turn eastward and hide by Cherith Brook, where he'd commanded ravens to feed me. Late in the afternoon arriving there, I sat to listen to its murmuring voice, of whose clear stream I was to drink, when, on the bank across from me, a lovely maiden, arrayed in loose white robe, came down the slope. Exquisite beauty, slender and dark-eyed, though of her many virtues, most I loved the long and raven blackness of her hair, which now into a loose knot she tied up. She sang, as if in duet with the stream, then, sighing, waded in, while with her fingers she stroked the surface. And as she leaned forward, I saw her little breasts, while to one side the current swept her flimsy dress, now wetter and ever more transparent as it clung to her, outlining her exquisite shape. Elijah pauses, having heard no word from Abdul, who a nearby rock has found on which to sit, eyes closed. Is he perturbed? The prophet wonders. Does my tale confound? Is he disturbed to hear a human sound? But then the angel opes his eyes, inquires, Why hast thou ceased? Go on! Abdiel requires. I thought my discourse might your ears offend. Elijah says, For it is sensuous fair. Celestial surely not their hearing lend To tales of maidens or of what they wear. The seraph laughs. Go on! No details spare! Such tales are not outside an angel's ken. We relish beauty in daughters of men. Thus, then, observer unobserved, I thought to speak, but no words came. She sensed my presence, for suddenly she looked up to my eyes, a moment gasped, and put her arm across her breasts. Fair maid, I pray thee, do not fear nor fly. I said to her, No, I am come to Cherith Brook according to the word of God, and sat upon this shaded bank to hear the water's soothing discourse, when thou didst appear so suddenly, so bright, I was dumbfounded at thy wondrous sight. With that the maiden's fright softened. She smiled. I love to hear the river's music too, she said. It speaks as if to me. Alone I venture daily here, and often swim. The water's not too cold, then, I inquired. At first, perhaps, but soon you get accustomed. Why not come in? She said. I ventured then up to the water's edge. By now she was immersed up to her waist, and gradually, her garment playing loosely around her, stepped deeper in. Her arms outstretched, she sank beneath the sun-illuminated surface, sprang up, motioned to me, and said, Come in. Her raven hair by this time had unravelled, and like a silken curtain draped her shoulders. I looked down at my garment, which when wet would be uncomfortable and cumbersome. Take off thy cloak and leave it to one side, she urged, turning to swim. I did so, and entered the stream, until, immersed as she, I turned onto my back, watching the leaves through which the dappled sunlight shone, reflected in sparkling ripples on the cooling waters. The maiden drew herself alongside me, gazing alike into the bright treetops. Thus we remained in silence for some minutes, when suddenly she grasped my hand, pulled me toward her. Come, I know a special place, 
she said, a magical enchanted place that I would show thee. Lead me there, I said. Fetch then thy garment, follow me. I held my robe above the flow as I crossed over, wore it again once on the other bank, then followed her into the wood from which she first appeared. Her dress, diaphanous when wet, clung to her slender body where my eyes delighted. Deeper in we walked, and I could hear the running brook that curved around us to the right. Enchanted scene, where bright-plumed birds adorned the nearby branches, and butterflies were dancing on the wing. We reached a clearing where a gentle mist, breathed by a nearby waterfall, descended. You may rest hidden safely here, she said. Let us therefore prepare thy forest bed.